Welcome on back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast to be named later. I am Noah Hiles, and I will once again be running solo. Alex is currently on a big metal bird in the sky, coming back to the Steel City after covering the Pirates. Once again, sweep, not in the good way either, falling two games to none to the Minnesota Twins. They fell by a final of 7-3 to three on Tuesday afternoon, an ugly game from start to finish. But we get say what you want about this Pirates team. They always give you something to talk about. It might not be a good something, but they always come through with the content. Today, as always, we're going to do two segments. Both will just be with me. The first segment of today's show I have titled as Who is the real problem here? Who do we need to worry about? First things first, the real problem is that damn drone. I'll say it, that killed their momentum. The Pirates were going to come back, even though I don't think they were remotely anywhere close to a position to start a comeback when that drone delayed the game, but as someone who wants to see them do well, I'm I'm pinning Tuesday's loss on the drone. And... Again, I'll lead the charge on this. The Houston Astros had something to do with it. I don't know what, but they had something to do with it. They were probably just spying on the Pirates' offense and saying, we just probably need to do the opposite of what they're doing. And we can actually win a legit world title. That would be my guess. In all seriousness, though, the Pirates have a lot of problems. A lot of individual problems, a lot of problems with coaching, Not a lot going right for this team. And so I sat in my luxurious, actually no, completely mediocre two-bedroom apartment here in Canton, Ohio, for the time being anyway, uh, and was just wondering, what is the biggest issue with this team now? If I could pinpoint the thing that worries me the most about the 2020 Pirates. And I came up with two names. And they're not they're not Derek Shelton. They're not, you know, Mitch Keller and it's not Ben Charrington or whoever. It's not Bob Nutting. It's not any of those guys. There's been a lot of fuss online about certain guys being in the lineup too much. Mainly Eric Gonzalez. Eric Gonzalez, while I I have also been kind of skeptical as to why he's getting so much playing time, the reality is Eric Gonzalez is young, he can play a lot of positions, and he's hitting the ball hard. He had three hits on Tuesday, and his exit velocity throughout the entire season is amongst the best in the team. He's smacking the ball hard every time he's up. He's had some ugly at-bats, but he's also hitting it pretty damn hard when he does make contact which is more than you can say for a lot of the guys on this team. You could worry about Cole Tucker. Are they putting him in the outfield? Is this the right call, the wrong call? You could worry about Mitch Keller and if this injury is a big problem. There's a lot to worry about, but the two main guys I'm worried about in 2020 are the two biggest trade pieces the Pirates have when it comes to fielders. And that's Adam Frazier and that's Josh Bell. Because let's face the fact. Let's face the facts here. The Pirates are in a bit of a rebuild. I would argue that this this group that they have now 
less than half of this team that they currently have will be a part of their next playoff team. A lot of these guys are not going to be here very long because they're either not good enough to stick around in the big leagues or if they are good, they're going to be dealt soon in the next couple of years for prospects. That's what's going to start happening here. It's pretty clear. It's a new front office. It's a new regime. They're seeing who's young and who's willing to stick around and who's worthy of sticking around and who's worthy of trading to help build a new future here in Pittsburgh. The top two guys, as far as fielders go, are Josh Bell and Adam Frazier. And ideally, both get dealt this offseason. It's going to be hard to do that by the way both of them are playing. Adam Frazier, Alex has mentioned this. If this was a 162-game season, he would have been the top guy aside from Kella and maybe Derek Holland to deal at the deadline if you're the Pirates. And you could get some kind of return for him because of the gold glove votes that he received this past offseason and because he has a decent reputation at the plate. He's shown that you can bat him anywhere in the lineup, one through nine, maybe not in the middle of the order, but he can produce. He hasn't been doing that at the plate this year. Some of you listening are saying, well, he's batting 175 or something. That's one of the best batting averages on the team. Well, that's still really freaking bad. He's getting better. Adam Frazier will probably end up hitting around, I don't know, 260 or something. But that's not going to bring back a whole lot. One good year of fielding is not going to bring back a whole lot. What are you going to get from Adam Frazier that's worth selling? That's worth trying to acquire? Not much as of his play right now. And he is the least out of those two that I'm worried about. Josh Bell is the most worrisome player on this roster right now. Which is crazy to think about because a year ago at this time, the Pirates were... You know, right after the All-Star break, they were actually starting their free fall. But if you think about, if you go back a year in time, Josh Bell was the future. I mean, he he was coming off that month of May. He was a starter in the All-Star game. He was someone Pirates fans were thinking, this guy, he's either going to be the face of our franchise for a long time or we're going to flip him for some major, major prospects. I don't think either are happening. I don't want to sound dramatic because, again, it's only been 11 games. But in 11 games, these numbers are very ugly. 15 strikeouts, 7 base hits, only one of them being an extra base hit. And that was a home run in Wrigley Field in a game that was far over. He has one walk in 11 games. One 15 strikeouts, one walk, one extra base hit, and he's left 16 runners on base, including five today. That's not what you want from a power hitter. That's not what you want from a guy you're batting third or fourth in the lineup. And that's where teams are going to, if they're trading for him, they would trade for him with the idea that that's where they're going to put him in the lineup. This short season could derail any trade value that Josh Bell has. Teams are still going to want him because of what he's done in the past and what, you know, athletically and physically he can do. 
He's a strong guy. He's young. He's a switch hitter. Those are all good things. But he ain't added any value in the field. And in his first chance as a DH, if he can't produce at the plate, teams are going to be a lot more hesitant to pull the trigger on him. That's worrisome to me. That's not good. If if they're going to tank, and if they're... When we're going to talk about tanking. But if they're going to suck, and they're going to start this rebuild, trading Josh Bell and Adam Frazier is going to be a big part of that process. And if you can't get max value for either one of those guys, it's going to make the whole thing a lot more harder. A lot harder. A lot more difficult. I'm so scatterbrained, I'm, I'm messing up my grammar. Not that... I had great grammar to begin with. I went to Burgettstown. Sorry if any of my former English teachers are listening to this. You you did your best with what you had to work with. But to bring it all back together, while everyone's worrying about Cole Tucker playing center field, Eric Gonzalez getting more at-bats, debating what Phil Evans is and isn't, I'm sitting here and I'm I'm watching Josh Bell, I'm watching Adam Frazier, and they've got to pick it up. Because A, they determine a big amount of the success the Pirates have in 2020. The reason they have the worst record in baseball is these two guys are not coming up big. And they also determine how this team looks five years from now. Because if they both had big seasons this year, they could potentially bring in players of the future. Because I don't think either one of them realistically are going to be around the next team the next time this team plays in October. That's just the reality of the situation. As always, I like to try to highlight some good things. I have two good notes. Well, three. Michael McHenry's uh hostage story. That was incredible. Uh <laughs> if you watched the I don't I can't remember if it was the TV or radio broadcast. I was tuning in to both. Uh, here and there, throughout the day, throughout the game. But that was really good, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, he brought it up during the drone delay. I encourage you to look it up. It's very entertaining. For time purposes on this segment, I won't get into it. But two good things. Brian Reynolds starting to come around. The bat showing some pop. He hit a ball that would have been a home run in two-thirds of the Major League Stadiums. I wonder if they count the Buffalo Stadium this year for that metric, but nonetheless, two-thirds of the Major League Stadiums that ball he hit today, or Tuesday, would have been gone. So he put a good swing on the ball, and he continues to do a Dave Parker 1979 All-Star Game impression, except it's in left field. And I didn't see the Cobra play in person, but I would imagine Brian Reynolds has a little bit less swagger than he did. Nonetheless, the arm looks just as good. Throwing guys out every chance he gets. I can't believe people still try to run on this guy. He's amazing. He's he's doing it all. He's making diving plays. And once the bat comes around, like it will, I mean, it's going to, he's going to be a player that, probably the only player that teams from other, other teams in the league are going to have their eye on. And as the... Rebuild looks to be coming. You have to wonder, is that a guy they trade this offseason? 
Or do they hang on to him and build the franchise around him? Either way, his play is getting better and better as the season goes on. Davidus Navaroskis also, second best arm, late inning guy at least, in the bullpen. You could say JT Brubaker, you could say other guys. Rich Rods looked pretty good aside from his first outing. But overall, Davidus has come in in every situation you can think of. Extra innings, inheriting runners, mid-game, early, late, whenever. He hasn't allowed a run, and he's getting strikeouts every, every time he comes in. A guy that no one expected this from. And it might fall off, but as of now, Davidus Navaroskis, I'm continuing, I'm continuing to sing his praises. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, tanking. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing, question mark? We'll talk about it again when we're back. Second segment of the show, tanking. Is that what we are? What are we? What are we, Pirates? Man, I I hate when girls ask me that question, the two that I've talked to in my entire lifetime. But it's a question I want to ask the front office of this baseball team. What are we right now? Are we really just this bad? Or is the intent to lose, is the intent to tank, to get the number one overall pick? Because if so, they're doing a damn good job at it. But if this... If this club's legitimately trying to win ball games and compete for one of the 16 playoff spots, I'd say the only thing they're succeeding with right now is keeping guys COVID-19 free. Haven't had one of those since the regular season started. Knock on wood. But that's that's been the talk on Twitter, right? Tanking. The Pirates are tanking. They're tanking for the guy everyone wants to see, will continue to see in black and gold, and that's Kumar Rocker. And some of you are hearing this name, and if you're not on Twitter, you might not even be hip or aware of this concept of the Pirates tanking. This might be news to you. Because some fans are already hooked on it. Some fans are already hooked on the idea of getting Kumar Rocker in a Pirates uniform next year. So who is Kumar Rocker? For those who don't know, Kumar Rocker was the College World Series MVP from last season. He helped Vandy win a national championship. He was the freshman of the year. He is best known, of course, for his 19 strikeout no-hitter against Duke in Game 2 of the Super Regional. And yes, he did this as a freshman. He has the size, 6'4", 255 pounds. I read an article uh, earlier today on him as I was prepping for the show. They said he, he went on campus at 260 pounds, but then put on some muscle. I mean, this is a growing boy. He's 20 years old. And during his short time in the uh, college baseball season this year before it was shut down due to COVID-19, he was pretty dominant. He's got multiple pitches that he'll throw in big situations. The fastball is in the mid-90s. The slider's really good. The changeup he's still working on. I'm sure he has more pitches than that, or he will develop them as he gets older and starts to work with professional coaches. But is he really worth tanking for? I get in other sports where teams, you, you heard the Miami Dolphins saying tank for Tua. 
You've seen teams tank for quarterbacks in the NFL, the NBA. It's huge, huge tanking. Got it felt like half the league was tanking for Zion Williamson last year. I I, I would I hope you guys under, know who that is. It's it's he's a very good basketball player. I know Pittsburgh not an NBA city, but he tore Pitt up, so you should remember him for that. Half the league was tanking for Zion. The NHL, you'd see some tanking. The The Red Wings certainly did their best effort at it this past year, but they still didn't, they're still not going to get the number one overall pick, so you hate to see that. Um, but baseball, you really don't see it that often. It's more just a rebuilding process because the draft is a crapshoot. It really is. And how often is there a can't-miss prospect? One that can change, you just know, at 18 years old, 19 years old, we're going to draft this guy. He's going to change the trajectory of our franchise. The Pirates were rumored to have done this years ago for Rendon, and it didn't even work out. They didn't. He didn't even go number one overall. But there are guys. I mean, I remember when Garrett Cole was taken number one overall. He had that hype around him, and it was granted. He's pretty much the best pitcher in baseball right now. He was pretty darn good with the Pirates, too. I mean, I, I recall the Nationals when they drafted Harper and Strasburg. Even the Orioles, the guy that they got in the, the draft last year. Not this past draft, but the one prior to that. The catcher from Oregon State is a stud. And he's going to make a difference in that franchise. But is Kumar Rocker that guy? Is he the guy that the Pirates want? Is it all worth it for someone? You know, if it's a position player, that's one thing. But for a pitcher? A guy who who's going to play once every five days, a guy who throws one ball wrong and his arm might blow up. I mean, the Pirates have made plenty of early draft picks on pitchers. They've had plenty of really exciting pitching prospects. How many turned out? I get this is a new regime, but is this really worth tanking for? Again, if that's what they're doing here. Are they trying to lose or are they really this bad? I hope I hope it's I hope it's the former and not the latter. I mean, I guess if they are really this bad then you know, they're they're tanking anyway. It's just unintentionally. So, it's tough to watch either way. You hope as the the schedule lightens up, the workload lightens up, it um it'll get a little bit more competitive, watchable. The team has been competitive in some games. But I don't know. I don't know. Does tanking in baseball work? Is it is it like the Philadelphia 76ers when they say trust the process? Let me know in the comments section. After this episode's posted or tweet at me, Noah underscore Hiles95, tweet at Alex. Let us know your thoughts. Are you okay with the Pirates tanking? Are you okay with the idea of mortgaging your franchise on a 20-year-old, Kumar Rocker? His coach compared him to David Price. This is a Vanderbilt guy. And I will say this. If you're going to draft someone first overall, if you are going to tank, going with a Vanderbilt guy, not the worst idea. They're known to produce studs. The last early draft pick the Pirates had out of Vanderbilt was a guy named Pedro Alvarez, and that was a roller coaster. Hopefully he would be around here more 
and more time than Pedro was. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Pedro was a decent player on some really good teams. But a David Price, is if he ends up being a David Price, is that worth tanking? I would argue yes. But how do you guarantee that? David Price was in a, was in a franchise that developed a lot of really good young pitchers. They still do. I mean, look no further than the ones we gave them a couple years ago. Do you trust the Pirates to tank correctly? I'm reading the comments right now about how Shelton already needs to go. How Charrington already needs to go. And I can't justify it one way or another. It's been that bad. Is tanking worth it in baseball? Is is Kumar Rocker really worth it? And will he even go number one overall? A lot could happen between now and 2021's draft. I mean, think about what's happened between 2019 and 2020's draft. The world literally changed. Who knows what the world will look like then? Is tanking a solid strategy to take? And also, something to consider, if the season ends prematurely, how do they construct the draft then? Is it fair to do a draft order after, say, 20 games? I don't think so. I think a lot of teams would have a problem with that. What would they do then? A lottery system? Who knows? There's too many questions in the air for them to be purposely tanking, I would imagine. But when you consider the decisions that have been made and the play that you've seen on the field and the lineups that have been out there and the bullpen choices that have been made, you could argue that they are. That's all I got for today. Thank you once again for tuning in. Pirates get two more against the Twinkies. And then the lighter competition comes in. Be sure to subscribe to all of our podcast content, DK Sports Radio. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe all. It helps out everybody. Everybody eats well. You can get DK's good stuff. You can get anytime one of the many talented writers on this website go on another show and check out their interviews. You can, you can hear it all. Even if you are just interested in hearing my lovely voice, which I doubt there are many of you who fall under that category, but if there are, I appreciate it. Again, give me your give me your feedback on Twitter in the comment section. Are you okay with the Pirates tanking? Do you think the Pirates are tanking? And is it worth going for Kumar, Kumar Rocker? Let me know. I'll talk to you later here on the podcast to be named later. Take care.